We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Again, Kel Dansby. Here with old man Andreas Hale in the building. As you can see, it took us five days to recover from Mania Weekend. Uh, man, it's been a whirlwind since the last show. We gave you guys a dope preview. It was two hours long. And I feel like so much has happened since then. Pro wrestling, boxing, UFC, you name it. There's been stuff going on. We went to a fight last weekend. We're going to talk about that. UFC had a huge weekend, mostly thanks to Conor McGregor which happened after we recorded the show last week. So we got to talk about that. And then 
you know, of course, mania season. We're going to talk about what was good, what was not so good, and what craziness we're going to see coming up thanks to a super royal rumble of sorts. I don't know. I can't even wrap my mind around that shit yet. But Dre, another week. How are you feeling coming into this week? Because I know you're busier than me. You're the busiest man I know. Yeah, I'm kind of busy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just another week, man. I mean, yeah, WrestleMania was busy. Uh, decompressing from that. Um, got a few assignments on the table. I'm, I'm doing something for Bleacher Report on how to fix Roman Reigns. Um, and a few other things sports-wise. But, you know, it's the usual stuff. I was supposed to. Funny thing is, you know, the... Uh, for the listeners that don't know, uh, we're in Vegas and the Golden Knights are in the playoffs, obviously. I was supposed to interview Logic because he was performed at the halftime show, but some things fell through, so that didn't pop up like it was supposed to. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's just another week, man. Another week of the doghouse. Listen, you just wrote about a guy wearing uh, Make America Great shorts in a boxing ring and build the <laughs> wall getting fucking just mollywops. I yeah, saw that man. and I was like, yo, how does this happen? Yo, Karma, was- Karma's a mofo. It is. It was Rod Salkin. If people don't remember, before we start getting the nitty-gritty of combat sports, but Rod Salkin was the, the, the cab driver who Danny Garcia beat up. And everybody was like, why is he fighting this guy? It was Rod Salkin against Francisco Vargas, who was the former champion who lost to Miguel Burchell a year ago um, and needed a surgery and was out for like 12 months. Um, but yeah, Salkin came in wearing America First shorts and with the wall on the shorts. And then Vargas just beat the <laughs> shit out of him for six rounds. And, and, and you know what? To find out how, how like America is right now, if you see this story on the front page of Yahoo Sports, because that's where it is right now on the front page, the comments are so divisive. There are people like, it's, this is a great article, and people are like, that I need to, I don't even have a degree, I'm terrible, I don't know what I'm doing, um, you liberals are shit. Like, it's, it's so divided, the comments. But, dude, it's irony. More than anything else, it's irony. When a, when a white fighter with America First shorts <laughs> goes up against a Mexican and gets the shit beat out of him, that's what you call irony. That's the journalism part of this story. It's irony. But, yeah, that's that's, that's the big one for the day. I didn't even expect it to be that big. But Yo, he was asking big. for it. He was. <laughs> like, you yeah, don't do that. You got to come come all out. Like, you, you better win. Yeah, like, you're going to fight the bronze bomber. You're going to come out in some clan gear and not expect to get your ass whooped. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yo, that shit's hilarious. I saw that. That had me laughing all afternoon. Um before we get into the nitty-gritty of combat sports, of course, we got to talk about stuff in the realm of Twitter and in life, and it's story time with old man Andreas Hill. I love pulling these stories out of you. Um, so, to preface this, Tristan Thompson, your boy, uh, making a ton of cash for horrible stats. I know no one in Fantasy Basketball League has him because he is trash now. Only thing he's good at is cheating on Chloe. I, I take that back. Let me roll that back. He's not good at cheating on Chloe. He's no. a horrible cheater. He didn't cover his steps at all. Like, he was just out there like, yeah, let me just motorboat this one chick in the club. This other chick just rubbing on the sausage mid-club. Uh, getting caught up. Bringing another chick to the telly. Just on his phone at the same time. Not paying attention to who's recording them. So that got blasted out there. Chloe Kardashian about to have a baby. She probably takes him back, yada, yada, yada. We know how this story goes. What's the dumbest cheating moment you've seen? Whether it's like your boy growing up or, you know, recently. Shit could be personal experience from when you were a young whippersnapper. What's the dumbest cheating moment you've seen? 
I don't have one personally. Um, I've never no, been caught up in the bullshit. Yeah, Rico Suave. Yeah, I'm pretty good at this. Um, I mean, and yeah, I've been you know been married to my wife forever. But uh, damn man, you put me on the spot. I'm, I'm sure there's something. I can't think of one. I'm gonna let you go first, and I'm gonna sit here and think about maybe one of my boys cheating. I hope one of my boys is listening to this because I know there's <laughs> definitely one out there. All right, I yeah, because you that, you have to have something between Capital League, Junior Capital League in Vegas, going to Atlanta to HBCU, and then growing up in a music scene with one of the hottest music just websites out. There's no way in hell that you don't have a great cheating story. Some somewhere somewhere through that list, someone was doing some wild shit. But I will start off the conversation. My wildest cheating moment was not me. Um, I was pretty dumb when I was younger, but outside of that, like I really wasn't a huge cheater growing up. Um, not like huge. I could have been worse. Uh, I'm a reformed man, by the way. If my fiance is listening to this, baby, I love you. Um, I'm, I'm a changed man. But the stupidest moment I've seen is my boy's high school quarterback. Right. So high school quarterback pretty much have whatever girl you want. High school quarterback put up crazy numbers. His girl was a cheerleader on the team. You're younger than us. Whatever, whatever. We all live pretty much in the same area because it's high school. He was zoned for the school. So he, he lived three blocks away from the school. One day before a game, I'll never forget. It, it was a Thursday. Grade checks were coming out. Your teachers had to sign off Thursday afternoon so you could play Friday. Thursday morning. And I guess this is a great cheating story. Thursday morning, a chick who also cheered on the team. Her name starts with a P. She's cool peoples now. But at the time, she was a, a wild chick. She went over to his crib 5 o'clock in the morning, did all his math homework. The only caveat to it was he had to break her off. They get down, they do their thing, whatever, whatever. His girl knocks on the door, because none of us drove in high school. His girl knocks on his door to pick him up to come to school. The chick hops out of the back window, creeps around the house. Her car is parked like down the block, creeps around the house. They drive, he comes out the front door. The chick's walking up the block, gets in her car. They go to the same gas station. Right next to the school, like two minutes later, chick act like she don't know him at all. Walks right by him. We all chill at the gas station, walks right by him. Okay, cool, whatever. She says hi to all the cheerleaders. Don't say none to his girlfriend. Don't say none to him. Gets back in her car, like, okay, we see you at school. We're like, like, yo, this is the dopest, dopest ass dude on campus. Like, yo, you get away with this shit. We all know what's popping off. One cheerleader was like, hey. Didn't I see you climbing out the window today at Blank's house? And when I say I, we all play football, I never seen everyone run from a place so fast. Everyone dispersed. Gone. And then he was just standing there like, ah, this was the day before social media. We only have MySpace. There wasn't no like, yo, look it. Check, check my history. He was stuck. And I just remember his girlfriend being like, what the f and then you ain't hear shit else you just heard a rampage and we were like yo we're out we all ran to school his dumb ass got caught only because he forgot 
that he also, in a different class, had a group assignment featuring the third cheerleader. She came to drop it off so he would get an A. And she did all the work. All he had to do was sign his name on the bottom of this group project. She was coming to the crib, saw his girlfriend in front of the house, stayed in her car, and saw the other girl sneak out from the back window. Well, Moral of the story is, kids do your own goddamn work if you're going to cheat. It's the details. The details that fuck you up when you're cheating. He forgot the details. Tristan also forgot the details. Granted, really? he played in that game through four touchdowns and ran another. He was like, Vic. <laughs> so what can I say? Yeah. God was talented. He just wasn't the best cheater. I, I honestly don't have one, man. I don't. I can't think of one. I'm sorry. I am proud of you for not lowering yourself to the standards of hanging around a bunch of cheaters. No, I did. I just can't. <laughs> I, I, I just honestly can't think of one right now. Music and industry people are on the up and up. I will say this because mm, no. as as many crazy parties and porn stars go to industry parties and strippers and everything else. You and your crew are upstanding citizens. I, I like this, Dre. The people get a, a positive picture of you. Now, me personally, I'm surprised in high school you weren't running around just being crazy, but I guess the topic is cheating and you never settled down until yeah, you met your wife and then that was a long-standing relationship. So you were perfectly fine being the guy that's just like, eh, I do what I want. Yeah, back then it wasn't a big deal. And again, it was just, you know, I can't, like I said, I can't think of some ignorant story. Like, I know there's been, there has been, like, situations. Like, I know, a, a, like, I remember a girl gave me a chain and I wore it. And the other girl knew that she gave me the chain that I was with at the time, that I was dating and found out and tried to, and tried to do the Friday at the club, <laughs> like, try to snatch the chain off me. And uh, I was, I was, I'm, I've always been petty. Like, there are certain levels of pettiness to me when shit happens. And um, this particular instance, I flattened the tires. <laughs> and I was in the wrong. But, uh, I flattened the tires. <laughs> at the club, you flattened her tires? Like, she couldn't no, get home? At the club. No, I waited. I waited because I knew I was going to see her. It was like at a friend's graduation. This is like my sophomore, junior year. I knew she was going to be at one of my friend's graduations. And I knew she was going to be one of the last people to leave. And I waited for all her friends to leave. And I flattened the tires. And I waited for her to get to her car and I was like man that's fucked up and then we sped off so we were like we were just super petty and then we like and yeah but I can't think you were of diabolical like you put so much into that it's so much worse it, it was premeditated yeah it was just like I, <laughs> I, I was petty man I was just really petty but you wanted to uh, see her in pain yeah I wanted to see, I, I waited <laughs> I told my boy I was like yo wait keep the car running I'm gonna sit right here and when she pull up, because I was like, because she tried to embarrass me in the club. Like, you tried to embarrass, you tried to snatch, you tried to debo me at the club. Didn't work. So now you got to sit here and wait in the UNLV parking lot for the rest of your life. So that's what I did. But then, other than that, I don't really have a story. <laughs> that's incredible. Incredible. Um, yeah, no, you're just whole different levels of petty. You're, you're just cold-blooded. Ice cold. Ice cold yeah. pimping back in the days. Um, all right. So if you don't have a cheating story, this is the other half of the story. Tristan now has to save face with Chloe and the Kardashian clan. This is something we all got a story about and we can give advice on this. 
What's the best way to make up with your lady when you do some dumb shit? Oh my god. Because um, we've all done some dumb shit. Like, now this, this I'm the master of. Uh, this <laughs> the other hand, and I'm actually I'm not really good at it because no matter how long you've been with somebody, like get making things right is very difficult. But the number one thing that I tell anybody is to agree. No matter how much you disagree with what you like, no matter how much you disagree with everything that just transpired, if you don't agree, it's never going to end. Like if you don't if you don't agree that you were wrong, it's never going to end. If you don't agree that what you did was wrong, it doesn't matter why you did it. It doesn't matter if it was a mistake. Just say you were wrong. And you could do something nice on the side like flowers or whatever, a date, all the other stuff you could do after. But it's the sentiment that you admit and acknowledge that you were wrong about whatever the situation is. Tristan Thompson's case, there's nothing he could do but say he was wrong. If he tries to defend it, like, oh, well, and if you... Well, he did. He said he was just giving the young women advice. Yeah, you can't. They were lost in life. Come on, dog. You can't can't do that. Just say, leave it like, even... There's a difference between self-incrimination and then being wrong. In Tristan's case, if there's any inkling of doubt... You're still wrong because then you have to say I was wrong for how it looked like you just have to admit that you were wrong. But if you're out here kissing somebody or you like Tristan Thompson do with Chloe, Chloe Kardashian, it's like, like you just got to take the L. But us normal people who don't have million dollars, millions of dollars in the bank, we just have to admit that whatever just transpired, you were wrong. If Even you when out, we're not wrong. Yeah, because you it's, can't. Man, didn't we just talk about this? You can't win. <laughs> the, you know, if anybody remembers this, you can't win the moment that you talk about winning an argument it's over she cheated on you if she if, like, <laughs> she waved the white flag and was like yo you're right like if your girl ever tells you that you're right you should run you should do straight up pack your stuff and leave <laughs> Tell so um i need to take your advice more i'm doing better like i said i'm i'm, I'm almost 30 i am what we are five weeks away from me being 30 years old I'm getting better in my old age. I, I I take the L a lot. You know, I'm calm. I'm trying not to be as combative during arguments because I'm the worst person to argue with. I'm just an asshole. So I'll just say sarcastic shit the entire time. And then it just makes my fiance now even more mad, more mad, more mad. So um, I, I've calmed down on the way I argue and I'm changing that. But if I'm right, no, I never say I'm wrong. Like, that's what I got to change. And this shit does drag on for lengthy amounts of time. But I, say, How's that worked out for you? Has <laughs> there ever been a situation where you, like, you, dog, you knew you were right. You knew you came home at the particular time or you knew the intentions. Like, you knew you, but how's it work out for you? you listen, I, I've had uh, not a lot, but probably a handful of situations where I knew I was right. Like, dead ass knew I was right. The proof is there. there ain't no proof contradictory. I didn't do nothing wrong. And I felt like a Bobby Roode entrance. Like, I came in, I saw the clouds, glorious, I'm spinning and shit, right before the argument, too. Like, I get the text, and I'll be like, oh, she thinks she got me in some shit. <laughs> I ain't even do nothing. Wait till I get home. Like, I'm hyped to be like, ah, make her feel so stupid. And that shit still don't work out. Because then, mm-hmm. you like, you try to spin it, and then they just get upset and hurt. And then that turns into you just being a bad guy, and then you're wrong for making them feel hurt. So then you end up wrong anyway about something, which is the dumbest shit in the world. Um, so it doesn't work out great. But I feel like my brain has been warped by watching too many years of Friends. Because to this day, I will still say Ross and Rachel were on a break. I don't care. Ross never admitted that shit. Eight seasons 
after that episode. They were still on a break. And I go to my grave with that. That's that's how you got to be as a man. You keep that shit. And, and when you know you're right, you're right. That has warped my mind. And uh, yeah, it doesn't let me win many arguments. Though. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not trying to win arguments anymore. You've enlightened me. The next time I win an argument, I'm just looking at her sideways like, who else you got? Like, what, what, what you, no, 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 I can't win this. I, I have now been enlightened. I got some wisdom off of this podcast. I have been woken due to your wisdom. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to win arguments no more. I'm trying to, you know, let them breeze by. And uh, we'll see what happens with Tristan, though. It, the worst thing, and this is the real shit, guys battle so hard to get their woman back after they fuck up. And if you, I mean, if you fuck up like in a big way, you do all this stuff to battle to get your woman back. And then when you do and she quote unquote forgives you, you realize that's just the beginning of the bullshit. Like, cause that next journey, boy, and there's video evidence. She was pregnant. He's going to be hearing it for 10, 20 years. He, he's now in for a war of attrition at this point. It doesn't matter how great he's going to be. He's always going to be wrong uh, from here on out. So we'll, we'll see how it turns out for him. Uh, it's Hollywood, though. Listen, there's IG thoughts plenty. If he has to bounce, just bounce. It's not that serious. Everybody gets knocked up nowadays. He damn near should get child support. She makes bank. He'll be fine. Um, all right. So that's our quick spin around uh, the controversial world of Tristan Thompson. We have mania to talk about. Uh, before we do that, though, oh, you really, wait, yeah, you really not gonna talk about Cardi B? Of I course, you gotta talk about Cardi B. You reviewed the Cardi B album. We talked about this last kinda. time. Uh, kinda. kinda. You didn't go like yeah, in. Listen, all the love you gave Prime and all these things, and you break stuff down so intricately. And you had two dope boys, and you did like that. You guys used to do the the verse of the month and this album and the in depth years of critiques that you have done. Tell me you gave Cardi the same love. I mean, because I didn't do a Cardi B review. I did a Cardi B. The five most important things that stood out to me about the Cardi B album for Billboard. Somebody else did the review. I didn't do the review. Um, so, yeah. there. I mean, there's there are things to like about the album. I mean, Cardi Cardi B is a thing. She's not going anywhere. The People album is don't fire. Like her too bad. That's all you should have put in your article. Fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. All five times. Like, dialogue. Just each one, no words. Just fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. Send it back. I'm done. Cut the nah. check. <laughs> not, I mean, come on, man. I can't. The I don't album wanna, is dope. Like, it's, the album is good. It's not. Look, all right. There, it has some joints on there. Like Cardi B is not like a supreme lyricist or anything like that. But she does what she does, and she does it well. And and she's she has the right producers behind her. And she's got money bags. She's got she's got a few jams on her and uh, some bops. And that's about that. I'm not gonna go as far as a lot of people like this could be a classic. Like y'all gotta chill. Like Ooh, classic. She's the best. Uh, no, it's like, hard to make a trap album a classic though, because replay you know, value I mean, is very short. Yeah, like and that's my like with Cardi B's album. I'm not going back to listen to this a whole bunch of times. There's a few songs that I dig, and I'm gonna move on. But uh. Yeah, but the, the the biggest takeaway from the album is that she's not going anywhere. Like she is a now she is a certified rapper, and it's, there's this is no gimmick. There was no luck with Bodak Yellow. Um, 
she'll be here. And, you know, and especially now is evidenced by this whole thing where everybody's trying to pit her and Nicki Minaj against each other, which is completely foolish. But uh, that's where we're at now. Oh, yeah. The Nicki Minaj beef was just weird. Well, Nicki did that. I mean, like, I don't know. The, the, to be honest with you, the media and people did that. I don't think these two had any problem with each other until all, all these stories are written about these two, you know, as if they can't occupy the same space. I've always I got a problem with that, especially with women rappers. Like, there can only be one. And it's, it's like it's like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, oh, there's only, but it's not true. a Blade Runner quote? There can be only one. It's, but it's like, <laughs> dude, either way. You know, they can all coexist because Cardi B is not Nicki Minaj and Nicki Minaj is not Cardi B and neither of them are Rhapsody and neither of them are Jean Grey or anybody else. Like these girl, women can all exist, but people see two women at the top and they want to have them beef. Like Remy Ma is nothing like any of them, but they but they got to automatically beef and they got, people got to chill on that. But again, Cardi's album, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad I'm happy for her because she's a great personality. Um. And then she made a great, I mean, not a great, I think it's a really good album. No, that's all I needed. Uh, I'm just happy that the Bronx is winning in 2017, 2018. I see all my Bronx people out there just, you know, getting the, getting that bag. As the young kids say nowadays, everyone moving up in the world. Jesus and Merrill is doing like live shows this week. Cardi's breaking records. Uh, listen, I'm talking to you on a podcast. The Bronx is well represented in 2018. For so long, people just thought we had, what, Fat Joe, J-Lo. That was it. We had a couple people. That that was the extent of the Bronx. Now we got a new wave. We're ushering it in. X is up in the air. No Des Bryant. Stop. The Bronx. That is my mini rants. All right. So, now that I got that out of my system, I wish I could do the Cardi B sound effects, but I can't. My goal is to learn those so I can open up every podcast with those from here on out. So uh, you're going to have to endure that. Let's talk about Mania Weekend, though, because uh, I talk about Cardi all damn day. Mania Weekend, I was at your crib. Uh, it was long as hell. to start there. Yeah. We watched NXT for three hours. Yes. Immediately jumped into Mania. No, no break at all. Just jumped straight into Mania. To Mania, um, shout out to you and your liqueurs and your drinks. Uh, whatever cream soda that was, that is also alcoholic, was delicious. And that kept me going most of the day. But the Mania card, to me, they got to fix it. And I've seen several things online and theories and all this stuff. What I know is Mania is broken. The format is broken. Because this is now, what, the third year you reached the main event? And I understand Roman Reigns is is the equal factor, the common factor in this. And the last time he didn't main event was Daniel Bryan, and the crowd was hot, and he was a huge pop, and it was fine. But the crowd is dead by the end of these things. It has to change. It's too long, man. I mean, it was my biggest complaint when I first started talking about this card. It's too goddamn long. Like, to sit here and have to watch Mania as long as you're at a full-time job... That's a lot. And you're asking a lot of fans, like, I'm at home. Like, we were at the house. We were drinking and eating and doing everything else. But for those people that are in the arena, you get fatigued. You get tired. Like, think about it. You go to a baseball game, and you might invest three hours. And even that feels long. Long and, as hell for some people. Right. For, that, for some people, they're like, man, baseball games are too long. But you're asking people to sit in, a, in their seats and watch people beat each other up for seven hours. 
that's ridiculous. And then on top of that, it hurts the, the, the quality of the card. And we'll talk about that as we go through the matches. But overall, the card was hurt because it was so many matches and not every match got the time that like this should have been called WrestleMania first gear. And I'll explain all that as we talk about this card. But none of these matches really hit that next level because of the time constraints. There was only one match that went over. There's two matches that went over 20 minutes. That was Styles Nakamura and the, for whatever Which reason. felt it was like 10 minutes, by the way. Right. And the other, I mean, if, are you looking? Because I want you to guess this. Do you know what the other match that went over 20 minutes was? Ah, okay. No, wait. I got I to gotta scroll up. I don't want to look because uh, Wikipedia has the times. Um, 20-minute matches. Is it not? Charlotte versus Asuka? Nope. That was 13 minutes. Shit. Really? No wonder it felt short. Um, no, that's it. Nia Jax? Nope. No, I can't. That was 10 right? minutes. Nope. No, what the hell else went? The mixed tag. Angle and Ronda versus Triple H and Steph. That was 20 oh. minutes and 40 seconds. That was dope, though. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm saying these are your two matches that went over 20 minutes. Everything else was right around 15. There were a couple ones that were under 10. But I 15 mean, is not bad. 15 is still, you get your stuff off at 15. But you, it's you just get the, under 10, you can't do shit. The, the wrong matches got the time. And there's a difference, before we start running down the card, there's a difference between WrestleMania and Wrestle Kingdom. Because Wrestle Kingdom is typically like a five-hour card uh, with intermissions. And it has this, their pre-show battle royal. But when Wrestle Kingdom reaches its apex, when it starts to get to the end, all in people, because they talk about like exhaustion and you need to like reset, but they don't. Like Wrestle Kingdom, when they reach those last three or four matches, it's like you're going. It's like 100 miles an hour and it's just nonstop great matches. Whereas WrestleMania, they try to put buffers in between the matches. And by the time you get to the end, you're just like, like what, what am I doing here? Yeah, like, they it cooled just, you off too many times. Like they ramp you up, yeah, cool it, you off, ramp you up, cool you off, and you cool down too many times, you just can't get ramped up again. And, and let's be honest here. The the crowd was dead, but it's not necessarily the crowd just being exhausted because they popped hard when Braun Strowman went and got Nicholas. That was a match before the main event. It's just yeah. when you take when you take people on a roller coaster and you try to cool them off, and it's very transparent that you're cooling them off because it's been seven hours, they feel it. And they're just like, okay, because none of these matches were five-star matches. None of them. No. Not even close. Like, the best match on the card had a, had a bunch of part-timers on it. That's crazy. Well, That's no, the I best match. I mean, I guess. Charlotte Asuka the, is my favorite match of card. I will say it's the most, like, the mixed tag match was the most entertaining match on the card. Yeah. Like, it wasn't the best wrestling match, but it was, it, it, you got the most entertainment out of that match. Everything else was just like, like the Intercontinental title match was amazing, I thought, to kick off the show. That was good, but it's so long. It was six hours ago. You forget about it. That's, exa <laughs> that's exactly my point. Like, you get to a certain point where you're like, what happened again? Like, if you ask me what happened in WrestleMania last year after the AJ Styles uh, Shane McMahon match, I can't No remember. clue. No clue. I okay. have no idea what happened after that match. I know Roman I retired looked. The Undertaker somewhat. But that was at the end. So you got the two ends of the sandwich. What was the meat? I don't remember. No clue. <laughs> I forgot all of it. And that's that's so, a damn shame. But I can tell you what happened at Wrestle Kingdom the past four years. Exactly. Because those matches are so memorable. Like, Wrestle Kingdom's job is to give you 
the best that they've had to offer all year. Even though you have G1 and even though you have other pay-per-views in between that are great with great matches, Wrestle Kingdom's job is to give you the best matches. WrestleMania's job is to give you the best spectacle. And which which can still hours, be done if it's yeah, just it's, proper paced. It's I don't need, like I'm just saying seven hours of fireworks at a certain point all the fireworks look the same. <laughs> at a certain point you're just like, all right, I've seen this firework already. Give me give me the big ones. Give me the ones that turn the sky blue or purple or some shit like that. But it's the same fireworks. So how do they fix it? Do they do what New Japan does and NXT does, where it's we're going from, you know, good they now they kind of do which is a little different than new japan is the first match on takeover is always super dope and then it's we're gonna take it down a peg we let y'all know we're here we're gonna take it down a peg and constantly build and ramp you guys right back up to where you're at the zenith at the end and this is their formula like do do they have to do that on the main roster do they have to go straight new japan like yo all the bullshit battle royals the six-man tags, all that stuff is in the beginning. You know, once you hit this point, it's a sprint, and it's only getting better. Me personally, I think you, I think it's it's always wise to start off WrestleMania with a big match. I think it's always like with with something that's great and memorable is how you should start it. The problem is, is that you have to stream, like everybody can't be at WrestleMania. That's really the problem is every because you can't service the stories properly so people weren't really invested in a lot of these matches in mania because the stories weren't that good or they were put together in like two weeks though so you so everybody can't perform like t- let's be honest here nia jackson and alexa bliss didn't really need to be at wrestlemania should have no. been sasha and bailey for the title right yeah. so you get rid of them um the tag match that braun that didn't need to happen Braun should have been somewhere else, like when we rebooked him at WrestleMania, and Cesaro and Sheamus probably should have faced the Usos or something like that. Like, you have to get rid of all the matches. There's just 14 matches, dude, including the pre-show. Yeah, that's, it's deep. 14 is, is no joke. Um, let's run through them then. I, before we do that, I also saw online, which is a crazy idea, is to split it into two days. That's, no. I No. I no, absolutely not. not. I do not want to have not doing two days. No, no? night no, one, night two. We do that for New Japan. Night one, night two. No, we do that for New Japan for like a tournament format. Like we're talking about the biggest show of the year, two nights. No, <laughs> I, not having it. I don't have endurance for all that, man. Just give it to me one night. Just streamline it. Every like you've acquired so much. The spoils of the riches. Like you have so much talent that some of them just can't be there. And it's unfortunate, but that's the only way you're going to rescue WrestleMania. Like, the quality of matches have to beef up, and you just got to, like, some of these guys just can't be all at WrestleMania. Like, there's too many goddamn titles to defend. Yeah, some titles just, you can't do it. Um, All right, let's see. 30-man battle royal. Matt Hardy defeats uh, Baron Corbin to win it. The big pop was Bray Wyatt. Face Bray Wyatt joins Hardy. Hate it. Really? I really don't like this. I don't mind it. I mean, Bray has to turn on him eventually. But I, I don't like that we didn't get a riverboat Captain Bray. Like, it was the Lake of Reincarnation. Why was he not reincarnated? I don't know. I'm I just confused. Like, like, the whole purpose of this battle, it wasn't even anything to watch. Like, there was nothing. Like, we were still watching NXT at the time, I believe. Yep. Yeah, we were. And uh, I was watching it on my phone, and I was like, I don't care. Like, the, everything that's happening in this match, I don't care. Then I saw Bray Wyatt come out, and I was like, this is dumb and it carrying out onto raw the next night uh i don't, I don't mind them as a tag team i don't know what you do with brother nero 
But I guess they just let him rock as a singles guy. Yeah, I, I just, I didn't care. So we can move on. I didn't care at all about this. <laughs> Glowing endorsement. Um, Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali. I went back, watched the match. I really liked it. This was a great feud. This is a feud, 205 Live, built for five weeks, six weeks. With the tournament, Ali, you know, built himself up, the promos, everything else. Alexander, who's waited for, damn, before Enzo to win this belt. I thought it was built up correctly. I liked it. No, I thought this was actually a good match. My only issue, if there was one with this match, is what was the whole, what was it, soul and desire? What the hell was it that they kept yelling at each other? Heart and soul. Yeah, come on, man. You don't have to run that down our throats. Like, just let us watch a good match. Oh, that's how they played their face versus face angle. Yeah. It was like, you may be the heart of 205 Live, but I'm the soul of 205 Live. And guess who doesn't care? I don't care. Just wrestle. And these two had a great match. No, they but did. I lesson. mean, that's, that was the, the shtick to get a face versus face thing. Um, let's see. Naomi defeated Bailey after it was Bailey and Sasha at the end. I didn't understand this. One, I don't know why Naomi was still in it, but whatever. And we still didn't get the, the heel turn. Like, uh, it, it's just are, hanging in limbo. It is absolutely dragging on too long now. Like, some stories they, they, they try to get to, like the Nakamura AJ Styles story, they tried to, to run through through it really quick in like three weeks. They've had this Sasha and Bailey thing lingering for, for what feels like six months. It may not even be six months, but it just feels that way. And they've just like, like dude, are they in the boardroom not knowing what they're going to do? Like, I think they're they scared can, to pull the trigger on Bailey as a heel. No, just turn her heel, man. Like, turn her heel. Like, she can't. If that's what you're going to do with the way that she handled this, turn her heel. Or turn Sasha heel. Just make a decision. See, that's and, the yeah. easy way to go. Of course, you, I mean, you can always turn Sasha heel. Right, I think they're scared to turn Bailey heel, and I don't understand it. And at a certain point, people are just going to stop caring. And this is about that point for me. I was me, about to say, we, I think we've reached that point. Like, we've reached don't, it. If that, they don't do it at the shakeup, then I really don't care. Because women can't even fight on, at the fucking Battle Royal thing. The following night at Raw, I didn't care. I, like, I was just like, yo, I'm over it. Like, we didn't get to a crescendo of this, and we're still going. And then Naomi won, and I was like, why did that happen? She must be coming to Raw. But I don't get it. But... It was stupid. Yeah, Another was dumb stupid. match. Another waste of time. Yep. Um, but it was a waste of time on a pre-show. So, first match. Seth Rollins, Miz, Finn Balor, Triple Threat, Intercontinental Championship. Really like the match. Uh, I don't mind, you know, Seth winning Grand Slam champion, which now is being very diluted. But whatever. He's a Grand Slam champion. One thing and one thing only pissed me off about this match is that we've waited four years to get Finn Balor to WrestleMania, and we don't see a demon entrance. That was my problem. And I, there were people like, oh, man, you got to understand the all-inclusive thing. That, look, I get it, right? Which is I great. Get it. Yeah. It's Shout fantastic. Out. Shout out to the crew. Yeah. If, if Rollins did it, I still I think it would be amazing. But we have been waiting ever since we first saw Finn on NXT TakeOver, come out as a demon. All of us said, man, I can't wait to see that at WrestleMania. And they haven't even talked about the demon in months. Since the AJ Styles match, they don't even refer to the demon anymore. Nope. Which is bizarre. Which is cool. I like that they were cooling it off. I thought they were cooling it off for this grand entrance. But that's my point. Like, if you're cooling it off, I've thought, if any time to bring out the demon, it's now. But no, they didn't. And, uh, yeah, I thought that sucked. But overall, this was a very good match. Uh, Everybody played the role. I didn't expect Rollins to win. 
Uh, you know, I, I thought if Finn was the demon, that he would win. I thought if Miz would kept talking about the streak, I thought they would, that he would win. But either way, I'm happy for Rollins. Rollins put on a great performance. I hope he, see, this is one of those times where I'm looking at Rollins and I'm like, kind of want you to hold on to that title for a while, buddy. Put some prestige behind that title. But I don't think he will. Yeah, the way it's hard to elevate it more than the Miz elevated it. So, I mean, you kind of carry momentum. So that's, that's not bad. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Finn go to SmackDown. Now that, you know what? He did lose yeah. it. Fuck it. Now I'll just go to SmackDown. Yeah, like, like he, I think Finn's the perfect candidate to go to SmackDown. Like yeah, him, him and the club. Like just that, do the whole Balor Club shit over there. They, they, dude, Balor Club, they, they fucked that up too bad. And yes, I would like to see it come to fruition if they didn't ruin Gallows and Anderson. Gallows and Anderson are absolutely ruined. I, yeah. I don't think they, I, nah, I mean, they might be beyond repair at this point. But yeah, if anybody's to go to SmackDown, it's absolutely Finn Balor. Uh, he could use it. I mean, there's a lot of talent that he can have some great matches with over there. Raw is just, it's, I mean, he could be the demon on SmackDown. That's cool. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, hopefully he moves over there. Still good match. Good way to start off the pay-per-view. Um, and then right into Charlotte versus Oscar. One of, I mean, while watching it, it's one of my favorite women's matches that I've seen. They told a really good story, probably the best story-wise, since we saw Bailey versus Sasha when Sasha was stomping on the hand after Bailey's injury. Um, it, it's one of those, like where they, the story carried the match as well. Charlotte's arm injury, uh, Asuka, she favored the leg, the, even everything to the wild, surprising finish with the one-armed uh, figure eight just selling the arm injury. It, it, it was good. It just, time-wise, should have gotten a little more time. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. We'll, we'll talk more about the streak because I think they made the absolute wrong decision here, especially considering what happened on SmackDown with Carmelo taking the title. Breaking Asuka's streak at WrestleMania is, it would make sense if Charlotte didn't lose like two weeks before to Natalia and then lose, drop the title to Carmelo a week later. I get what they're trying to do here. Yep. But, and, and I get it that, that we're at WrestleMania and this is where the Undertaker streak got broke, so let's break Asuka's too. But, there, the, my two issues is, one, the match felt like it was just really getting going when Asuka tapped out. I didn't like the finish. I hated that she tapped out because it's like she's been such a dominant champion for so long for her to lose a 13-minute match when it was really, really just picking up. That felt foolish to me. Like, I, like the one thing New Japan does better than any other company is the false finish. Yeah, there was not enough false finishes all night. That was the theme of the night. Yeah. Well, no, they had a ton of them during Brock and Roman to, to the point where it was like, come on, another F5 you're going to kick out again? This, <laughs> well, we'll get this, to that in a second. Yeah. But this particular match could have used them because as good as Asuka has been and has undefeated, as long as she's been undefeated, there should have been a lot more struggle before she tapped out. There yeah. should have been, you know, there should have been work, more work on the leg, a little bit more surprise. But then again, like, I get it. You want to work to Charlotte and Ronda for next year's WrestleMania. I, I think that's the overall goal is to go to New York have Ronda headline WrestleMania, have the first time women ever headline WrestleMania. But a lot of things got to happen in order for that to work. One, Ronda can't get pregnant. Two, Ronda... <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's the realest shit, though. It's not, not that Ronda can't get hurt. Ronda can't oh, get pregnant. Ronda can't get pregnant. Two, Ronda has to get better. 
Like she sold a lot, but she was hitting a lot in her match, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Why can't Oscar win this match at WrestleMania and become the champ? Is what I do not understand. She could drop it another time, but dude, she really just got to Raw. Give her some time. Like let her be undefeated, win that title, and carry it for a little while. Because I know people are like, well, then what do you want, Ronda to beat her? No, Charlotte could still beat her. Charlotte could beat her later. Yeah, I think that later. that was the thing. They just wanted it on Charlotte's resume. Yeah, I, I just so I maybe they just think more people will see it if she beats her at Mania than I, let's it, say a uh, SummerSlam even because that's the next biggest event, right? Yeah, but um, but that's the problem. Like the problem is, is like you're doing everything to work towards something, whereas like you didn't give us the match that deserved Charlotte beating Oscar. Like you were close, but you it didn't hit that second gear. Well, yeah, because the gear. false finishes is what gets you to that second gear. Even the Undertaker Lesnar match where Undertaker finally lost, there was like three or four false finishes. Right. And so, you were like, damn, like under it got you to the point where Undertaker was taking a beating by Brock, and you're like, yo, Undertaker can't lose now. Kicks right. out of the, the suplexes, then kicks out of the F five, and then he finally gains that momentum, then Brock kicks out of the tombstone, and you're like, But Undertaker's not losing. He took Brock's best shot and then boom, he loses. Yeah, so it's it, that's that's my issue. And then having Carmella win the title like two nights later, it's like I, I I know they feel like okay, if Charlotte wins at WrestleMania, nobody will care that she lost on SmackDown. Correct, and she jumped and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I care. Like I wanted Austin <laughs> to win, carry that title for a little bit. She could drop it to Charlotte. Like she eventually does have to lose. I agree, but why can't she have an undefeated run as the champ? I don't get it. She did so much for NXT as the champ. As a women's champ for, for 564 days or whatever it was. Let's, get, let's not get twisted. She's going to be champ very soon. Yeah, I don't know what she, belt. She's going to be like, champ. But is she? Like, she it's is. really It's really dependent on where she goes and how. Because for now, now there's a pecking order. It's clear that Charlotte is number one amongst the women. It's very clear. By beating Oscar, she's number one. Nobody else could do it. No. So, yeah, she might get the title. But, it, but we knew that was coming better? anyway. The four horsewomen of, you know... MMA versus of pro wrestling and but dog, can we get there Ronda. First? I mean, that's but, my whole point. Can, can we get there first? We're not even there. Like we're still working to get there. Like yeah. we have a lot of moving parts. So, but that's Vince. That's Vince in a nutshell. He knows what's going to happen a year from now, and he's booking for a year from now. And you lose sights of the now. Yeah. So I think the match didn't get into the second gear. Like to be perfectly clear, if Oscar would have lost like a thirty-minute match or a twenty-five-minute match with some false finishes, some real resistance, I wouldn't have been as upset with it with it yeah oh uh, I, I didn't like that i wouldn't have liked i would have been like oh yeah but that sucks but they had a they had a great match they gave us everything that they had then you know losing the carmella doesn't help because carmella's can't she can't carry the women i don't care what anybody says no she's losing quick 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 she, no, she's not watch she's not gonna lose quick watch what i tell you she's not gonna lose quick because they they have to establish her as something no Austin's gonna I, hunt her down that's what she is she's bait yeah, we'll she'll, see. She'll talk her way into into holding that shit, maybe to money in the bank, maybe. And I'm being generous. That's June. She might not make it two months. She's got to do some hooker crook stuff, and that's the only way they can keep her as a champ. But yeah, like again, good match. It just didn't hit that gear. That's yeah. all. And I'm afraid they put the iconic duo to do her like lackey stuff. I don't know. So I think I, that might be the way. But Oscar is just gonna run through all of them and then take that belt. So it doesn't really matter. Um, Cooldown match, Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, and Rusev. It sucks because it's Rusev Day. How much more over does this guy have to be? Uh, I 
guess Vince just, you know, he ain't down with the Rusev day. Because Jinder Mahal took the win. Eight-minute match, and it felt too long. It felt too long. This was the easiest one for me. This was like, as soon as you put Rusev in the match, like, I was like, okay, well, this is like a dumb moment. You put the title on Rusev. It's a feel-good moment. Oscar Didn't he just take lost. the pin? Yes, he took the pin. <laughs> there are so many things. To me, this was the shoe win. This was the match that you go, all right, give the fans what they want. Yep. Because a lot of the rest of this card, you're not giving the fans what they want. Um, and if you really look at it, you really didn't. Uh, but right here, Rusev should have won. This was like the easiest one to do. And they blew it. And now Jinder Mahal's the, t- the champ again, and nobody cares. Nope. And we'll talk about this in a second, but we're going to get him versus Randy Orton again. Yeah. A feud that damn near killed SmackDown over the summer. Nobody cares. SmackDown still ain't recovered from that. They had nope. to scramble and give the belt back to AJ and say, please save the ratings. Please. Still hasn't recovered. Um, so, yep, that was a match that did not have to take place on this card. So there goes the first definite, like, eh, this shit doesn't need to be on here. And then that's followed up by trying to ramp it back up. Kurt Angle and Rousey versus Trips and Stephanie. 20 minutes. I thought it was good. I thought Ronda had good mannerisms when she was wrestling. The athleticism was apparent. Like, that's one thing. This is why we said when she gets in the ring, she's going to be fine. And the promo athletic ability of Ronda is completely different than the in-ring athletic ability of Ronda. Because I felt like natural instincts took over, adrenaline kicked in, and that shit was no longer robotic. She was just on 100 miles per hour. She was a ball of energy, and she's a better athlete than any woman in the WWE. Just athletically, as a fighter, she is better than every woman on the roster. And the natural instincts clicked. She just has to learn the little stuff, and she'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, and this is what we kind of said a while ago, is that there's a lot of concern over Ronda, but I wasn't concerned. I, I'd never really been concerned with Ronda Rousey. My only concern was her looking like she loves it all the time. Yeah, Like, she, she still... She, I mean, even when she came out of Raw, for that brief minute, she was like, oh, shit, I'm here. Like, she's still living out her dream. But aside from that, I thought she'd be fine when she got the hang of it. I mean, this dude, this woman was the UFC Women's Bantamweight champion that redefined a, a, a company. And, and uh, there's so much that she did. Why can't she pick up wrestling? She was fine. Ken Shamrock did it. You know, Bob Sapp did, did like, it. Well. Other guys yeah, stuff. Shamrock yeah. did it well. Uh, Kurt I mean, Angle did that shit well. Like, yeah, when you're that level fine. of athlete, you're, you're fine. You just got to hope for the right character. Yeah, so my only t- my the two takeaways from this match, aside from Ronda being excellent, was one, I don't want to see Kurt Angle wrestle anymore because clearly the game is passing by. He looks slow. Um, you know, uh, he's been through a lot physically, and yeah. it, it, you can tell. Uh, but I don't necessarily want to see Kurt in there because I don't want him to get hurt. Uh, and the other thing is, um, nobody, well, you can say what you want about Triple H and Stephanie, but they, they structure the match perfectly. For entertainment value. And even Stephanie with her facial expressions, like, they all come from, they're all students of Vince, ultimately. You know, I mean, the offspring, they all understand how to tell a story in a match. And Ronda was the story. And Ronda, you know, Kurt Angle being the damsel in distress, the hot tag, um, you know, the the segment with Ronda and Triple H. Like, this was just a lot of fun. Technically, it wasn't that great. It was cool, but it was a lot of fun. And And Trips is getting really good at that. Yeah. he's, He's like, you know what? Athletic ability, obviously, is not the same for Triple H. And it really wasn't ever there, like, to a crazy level. 
But um, he he knows that like you know that's even scaling back. But his story tell just in entertainment. Like you look back at the Sting match. Yeah, they're like, yo, you know what? It's we can't hang with a normal traditional ass match. We're just gonna make this wildly entertaining. Yeah, like dog shenanigans. I'm here for shenanigans with these type of matches. That's Some it. matches. The they Rollins need match last, last year was good. It told a good story. I didn't like that match. Oh, I oh I watched it back. I liked it a lot. I thought the story yeah. told was good. It had some good ring psychology. Trips was just slower. He, he plays a powerhouse role, but he no longer has the power necessarily to back it up. But uh, the false finishes, the the counters, using the same finisher, um, trying to set each other up with the same finisher. Stephanie finally taking a bump um, to kind of set up the ending. I thought the storyline was told very well. And that's what he does now. Yeah. He just tells stories. Well, yeah, so ultimately, this was, to me, the most entertaining match on the card. Um, I think so. It, it just um, gave me what I want. It exceeded expectations, and it gave me what I wanted. And Ronda definitely lived up to it. Once yeah. again, no talking, just kicking ass. She'll be fine. And I don't like the the ro- rowdy Ronda Rousey gimmick. Like, I'm, it's I'm cool. perfectly fine with that. Really? Like, it, it was all right in MMA. We get it. But, um, yeah, I she can't speak like the hot rod. It's it's not the same. Yeah, but she's paying homage, so whatever. For how I think, long? Like you know, that's not a, that's that's not who she is. I mean, she was Roddy Roddy Ronda Rousey in MMA. She's this is who she's going to be in the WWE, and it'll eventually lead to her heel turn. So yeah, I'm perfectly fine with this. Uh, a lot goes on with that. When you straddle with that gimmick, a lot is expected. Um, cool down match: Bludgeon Brothers versus Usos and the New Day. Oh man. The Usos in the New Day deserve better. Exactly. They were the on Us- a three or four pay-per-view streak of just tearing that shit down. Well, the Usos deserve better. Let's be clear. Like New Day, they've gotten their due. And the Usos have they? never have yeah. they? Yeah. I mean, Mania when we, really? I mean, they even hosted the damn thing. Yeah, that's like, not an in ring Like they But the yeah. point is, like, even like the Usos are are a team that has had a total personality change. They came in as champions. They deserve better than losing a match in five minutes. Squash uh, match. So this is another match I'm like, we, we can do without it. They're just trying to stuff people on the card. But I, I really didn't expect the Bludgeon Brothers to win this quickly. I, I really expected like the, the New Day or the Usos to win and use each other to get the pinfall rather than the Bludgeon Brothers taking the pinfall on the Usos. Eh, this match sucked. Yeah. Um, I think... I want to say that the New Day move over to Raw, and we'll get more into it, but I, with the Usos losing, it's like maybe the Usos go to Raw. Maybe none of them do. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. So, somebody will. Somebody's but, moving. I don't know. There's going to be some moving and shaking going. Like, Usos for Gallo and Anderson, that's a decent trade-off. Not really, because, again, Gallo and Anderson are washed. Like, they, they've just been completely washed out with the WWE. They need a complete resurgence. Yeah, I mean, but they can only resurge as lackeys. Like... The, the club gimmick is the only gimmick that's going to get them over. And I don't even think that's going to get them over because nobody's committed. To, you have to commit to the gimmick. You have to. They, yeah, you it's, have to. It's, it's lukewarm commitment doesn't really work. Yeah, you have to buy all the way in on the gimmick, and I, I'm not sure if they're there yet. Um, then we have Undertaker and John Cena, who came running out of the crowd. Yeah, we haven't even talked about this. Like, that's the one of the most that, awkward moments of the well, entire thing. John Cena sitting in the crowd. At first, it was like, all right, John Cena's actually there. Then it got annoying because they kept cutting to him every few minutes. I was like, Jesus, I hope they get The Undertaker out of here soon because I can't do this all night. Um, and then they brought him out, and I thought this was booked perfectly. 
I thought, you know, John Cena talking so much shit that he talked, he talked, he talked up a check that his ass couldn't cash. And Undertaker rolled up. Clearly, he can't do a 30, 20-minute match, barely a 15-minute match. And he just squashed John Cena, who was in deep fear when he saw The Undertaker after talking all that shit. And Taker looked like he was moving well. Well, yeah. If, if you know that you only got five minutes in you, he gave it all he had. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I expected, like, limping halfway to death Taker from last year. Yeah, well, I no, guess but the he hip gave surgery his- helped. He gave us what what the fans wanted. You know, Cena lost. Uh, I don't know where, where they're going to take it from here with Cena. It doesn't goes, really matter with no, the Undertaker. No, he goes and films a movie and then comes back. Yeah. Um, he, Cena's but, towards the end of the road. As yeah, much as he absolutely. wants to stay, bigger and better things are just awaiting him. Like, I'm about to go watch the, the Barker's movie tomorrow. Yeah. That shit's going to be funny. He's going to be Duke Nukem. He's going to be in all these things. As much as he didn't want to become The Rock, sir, you are on a path to do so, and you can't stop the train. Dog, it's, so, it's, it's one of those things where, like... They got to give him his last belt. He will yeah. pass Flair, and then you come back for guest appearances only. Yeah, like, you love this business. We love this. You love this business. But at a certain point, like, you got to love your health a little bit more. And them checks in Hollywood, going to be pretty good. So go ahead and go get them, John. You've earned it. Exactly. Like, no one's going to hold it against you now, my man. We know. We know now. Like, everyone appreciates you. Dear, you've gotten your due. Let's give you this last title and just go make that money. It's all good. No hard feelings. Right. And and he just wants to just take that full-time schedule for at least... Or not full-time schedule, but when he does come back, he wants to do house shows. He wants to wrestle at every pay-per-view, do real feuds. Like, oh, that's unnecessary. It's okay to, you know, take the Lesnar and then just take the Rock treatment. Where you're like, yo, I can't even take a bump this year. Because I'm about to make, like, 30 mil on this movie. So it's it's all right. Like, this is is what it should be. Two-minute matches for Cena. And I think we're going that way. Um, Then... We get treated to Daniel Bryan, his return. Amazing pop. The crowd pop for this. Um, with Shane versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I don't even notice Shane in this match. It's the only time Shane probably didn't do some crazy shit. We do the coast to coast. That's tame. Just saying. Like, all right, I'm going to get my thoughts on this real quick. Great to see Daniel Bryan back. I didn't like this match. I didn't like it at all. Um, the weird thing about this match, and I don't know if anybody else will understand where I'm coming from here. Daniel Bryan shouldn't have been touched until he had this match. Because when he took that powerbomb on the apron from Kevin Owens like two weeks before WrestleMania, mm-hmm. they could have saved it for this. And it would have meant so much more because we weren't sure what Daniel Bryan we were getting. If that makes sense. Like... Daniel Bryan's been gone for so long. We were, you know, a lot of us wondered if he turned it down, but we knew he was taking bumps the first night he got beat up by Owens and Zayn. They could have saved that for WrestleMania. It like, would have made have, the, the stupid spot of him getting wheeled out a lot more believable. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you would have put I don't this like match that spot. together, it's just, it's just give me like this match was a Daniel Bryan showcase, but with way too much talent in the ring because Zayn and Owens are way too talented for it to just be a showcase. And the, the whole point was. Daniel Bryan left. So Shane, the, the parts with Shane were completely forgettable. Nobody cared. All we were waiting for was Daniel Bryan to come back. He came back, clean house. Um, he fired up, and he, they won. But to me, the, match, like, the match is largely forgettable. Yeah. For, for 
for Daniel Bryan's comeback, it should have been it should have felt a lot more significant in terms of the in ring. But he took all those bumps two weeks ago. So, and, you know, Shane should have been in this match. Ultimately, it should have been a triple threat. That'd have been fun. But that would have been way better. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where they go from here. We'll see, you know, where they place everyone in this battle royal or Royal Rumble. Greatest Royal Rumble, which we'll talk about in a second. Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss didn't need to be here. Um, great no. moment for Nia. I like the new gear, kind of. Some, like, sheer stuff on the top. She's showing a little bit more. Um, I'm not mad at that. But outside of that, the match itself wasn't memorable. She got her WrestleMania moment. And uh, I guess, you know, the equal size, uh, you don't have to be a size two to be a champion. Crowd was happy. I, I, I think the build soured me to it, too. Like, once they went to fat shaming and shit like that, I was like, all right. I'm over. Yeah, I mean... I get what you're, tr- again, you're trying to be this inspirational and make Nia this inspiration, but I just, I didn't care. It felt unnecessary because we all see Nia. It's not like we're blind, Yeah. but you know, ultimately this match just didn't work because Nia still is strangely a work in progress. Like you watch Nia wrestling and she's still a work in progress. Um, she's still, she's learning how to be a monster, but now she's a monster baby face. And that's almost pointless to me. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, uh, I guess it worked for Braun, so they were like, hey, let's try it again. Yeah, but how long is this going to work for Braun, right? Like, that's my concern with Braun Strowman, him being a baby face, like the super over, let's go get the kid's baby face. How long will that work? Monster heels work so much better than monster baby faces. Like, the Big Show's never been a great baby face. No. Ever. No, no. Right back when he was a baby face, it was cool. And then again, at a certain point, it's like, all right, fine, let's move on to do something else. But, um, like, Braun showed all his personality as a heel, but whatever. And Alexa Bliss, she's never been, like, a great wrestler. So these two together at a res- at WrestleMania just, yeah. This is when you really started going, God damn, this is a long show. Yeah, this was uh, too much of a cool down. This yeah. is where it never peaked bad- back up. Uh, nope. Then we have Styles, Nakamura, Nakamura. The best part of this match is Nakamura's entrance. Okay, first of all, I didn't even mention it. It felt great. That shit yeah. was grand. At first, I was like, yo, Charlotte's got the best entrance at WrestleMania because Charlotte's entrance was flames. And that's why I thought she was going to lose. I was like, man, this entrance is too good because Oscar got the regular-ass entrance. But I was like, yo, then Nakamura came out? Oh, my God. This is probably, probably top. I, I don't know if there's an entrance that was better than this. I have to really think about who has had the greatest WrestleMania entrance ever. This was oh, it's this, up there, like ever, ever. I mean, production value, like because Sean back, coming down from the rafters is my favorite. That was cool. Like it was cool to see Sean do that, but like to see um, the guitar, the band, to see Nakamura oozing of charisma, like it just it, this all worked. This was great. Triple H has some phenomenal entrances at WrestleMania as well. But yeah, this yes. this was next level. Like, this was great. This was, yeah. And you're right. This is the best part of the match. Um, And then the match, it seemed like, once again, they were telling the story. It started off slower. Um, They were, you know, just kind of striking and countering each other. And it was a slower pace. And the crowd wasn't having it at this point. I didn't mind the match for the first eight to ten minutes, I guess. I was like, I understand the pace. They're going to get into it. They're going to get into it. They started doing some moves that we don't see all the time. AJ was doing some creative shit, ramping it up. Okay, it's going well. And then the first finisher of the match ends it. 
Yeah, I mean, and I'm Nakamura like, hit, what? Yeah, Nakamura did hit a Kinshasa and AJ kicked out, but yeah, it, it was like the Styles short. clash, and it was like, it's over? Really? Yeah. I and was, yo, yeah. Because it, was, was, it was getting there, though. The build was getting there. I was like, okay, okay, we got to start paying attention. Because I thought he was kicking out of this. So as soon as he kicks out of the Styles clash, I was like, okay, this is about to be it. They're about to ramp up. Eight more minutes, this, this match would have got to where it needed to go. But it ended. And instead of using it to make a great match, they saved that eight minutes to have a heel turn and try to make a great memory and fuel the feud going forward. WrestleMania is not a setup event. This isn't a setup pay-per-view. You want a heel turn, you do that the pay-per-view before you build it into this. This is the culmination, like you say, of every feud. This is the culmination of a year. They use this to be the beginning of a feud, and that's what I dislike about it. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. Um, this, to me, like, you go into this match with such little build. And casual, like, what you, like, that, the, uh, the package that they had before they came out should have been used weeks in advance so people could understand the significance of AJ Styles versus Nakamura. Because if you don't watch New Japan, you don't really know. Yeah. Right? So, so people weren't really invested except for the diehards. We were really invested in this match. This is a match that we hoped would close the show. But then we get the match after Nakamura's phenomenal entrance and AJ Styles' bland whatever entrance. You're like, all right, I didn't really care who won. All I wanted was a great match. What I think is the vast majority of people that watched this match, they didn't care who won. Yeah. They just wanted a great match. So the match happens. and you're, what? I mean, really? 20, it's 20 minutes, but it just started ramping up. And if you would have taken away the Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss match and the Bludgeon Brothers match, like you could have given this more time to develop. Mm-hmm. But they, they, Vince and company ultimately wanted to get this to the end of this match. They were like, let's just get it over with so we could turn Nakamura heel. And yeah, this is like my biggest argument was why did you do this at Mania and not at Backlash? Exactly. Because heel of Nakamura is a great idea. Yeah, fantastic. This but is we- the best form of Nakamura. When he first got to NXT, this is what we said. Like, if you listen to our shows three years ago, we're like, yo, we can't believe he's not a heel. One, it limits half of his repertoire. Not being a heel. And he was such a badass heel. So it was like, what? Okay, weird. And he just never turned heel. He was always a face. This heel turn is great. He proved that this week on television. He's funny. He could talk English very well if we didn't watch the documentary. Uh, Maybe that's why that documentary just dropped randomly. Because it's like, oh, let's butter people up even a little more to like Nakamura before the turn. But it, it was too much about the turn. And it wasn't mm-hmm. a well-played turn. No, this, this is the wrong place. Me, personally, I think you give the fans the four-and-a-half, five-star match at WrestleMania. You know, if Nakamura is going to lose, you make, it, you make him lose. Like, AJ squeaks out of victory. And then you make this thing about respect. And then, you know, you put him in a position where they're wrestling for respect. And Nakamura is like, man, fuck this. And then he turns heel. But why are you doing this at Mania? Yeah. Like you did like cause now if you give us that match, like and people would be like, Great, they finally gave us the match, but why didn't you give it to us at Mania? Because if you if people recall, like when you start talking about the greatest matches of all time in the WWE, very few were at Mania. Except yeah. for HBK and Shawn Michaels. But the last few manias have not had a great match. Nope. It's it's I don't know why they're allergic to great matches at Mania. Maybe it's too deep, too many you know, matches on the card. I don't know. But it's weird because that's not even a fucking excuse because SummerSlam has great matches. 
they they just blew it with this. That, yeah, this, they, they blew it with the feud. Um, you know what? It was so easy. Just let him do the heel turn mid match. Let him do it to end the match. Kick out a Styles Clash. Land a Kinshasa. AJ kicks out. Land another Kinshasa. AJ kicks out. The last one, the ref takes the bump. Nakamura gets frustrated. Low blows AJ. Third Kinshasa. The ref counts it. Heal Nakamura. And it's uh, built into care. the match. I don't care how you get there. Like, yeah, I probably wouldn't even like that. Match. Like, I, yeah, I, I just wanted them to have a great match. And I, again, that's like we, we know what we're watching. Fans of both these guys are like, man. Because what have I said since the beginning? Nakamura has not had a great match since the Sami Zayn match, which was his first NXT match. He said uh, some okay. okay he match. hasn't had a great match. I liked his match against Rusev last pay-per-view more than I like this. That was yeah, a good-ass match. But, I mean, we haven't seen, like, people at a certain point, people are going to go, what's the hype about? Like, he's great charisma, but he hasn't had that match yet. Yeah. Styles has those matches in his sleep. And he didn't. Like, this This sucked. This, this is one of the worst point. Styles matches. Yeah, this is the point where you go, where there are people like, oh, this is the greatest WrestleMania of all time. And I will point to this particular match and say, no. You had your, <laughs> chan- you had your chance right here. Like, if you would have if you would have delivered on this match, then we could have had that argument. This isn't even a conversation. Great first half at WrestleMania, but this thing peppered out quick. Yeah, so didn't do this match justice. And then it just got real hokey when Braun Strowman comes out. He picks Nicholas. It got real, you know, ROH house show-ish I mean, at this yeah. point. He picks Nicholas and squash match against Cesaro and Sheamus. Four minutes. Whatever. I don't even, there's nothing to even talk about. I mean, Cesaro and Sheamus actually deserve better. Yeah. Like, it's like, damn, five, like, oh, y'all are just the champs. And to vacate the belt the next day. Like, oops, oh, that, it never I happened. Mean, it never happened. You guys didn't see yeah. this. That, that, I mean, that's what I figured was going to happen. That he has to vacate it. That was like child labor laws or something. He's going to have to vacate. But <laughs> That's ridiculous. It, it just does no favors to, to Sheamus and Cesaro at all for being the champs. You know so, what? Instead of vacating it, I would at least, at least... Carry it on for a month until backlash. He can lose a backlash and Cesaro and Sheamus get the belts back. But for the next month, have him pick a kid out of the crowd at every Raw. No, I'd, I'd and, be tired. And beat their year. ass. And then I, finally, have them win. I'm mad yeah, the kid didn't take a bump. You pull me out of the crowd at 10 years old, I'm taking a bump. Uh, legal issues, buddy. Legal, go back and watch Mass Transit, the Mass Transit thing with the Dudleys back in the day in ECW. Legal issues. They don't want to go there. They gave a kid but, a uh, bump? They cut a kid open. What? And he wasn't, yeah, I mean, he wasn't like Nicholas's age. The he hard way? Mass, yeah, like New Jack cut a kid open hard way. Um, <laughs> and I, I say kid, he was like 17. But, uh, you know, but he wanted to get in there and they cut his ass open and led to a whole lot of bullshit. So Nicholas wasn't taking a bump. He wasn't touching anybody. Um, it was a feel-good moment for what it was. But, yes, this was, again, for Braun Strowman, he deserves better. Nicholas WrestleMania. Yeah, Nicholas didn't play it up enough either. At least shake the ropes or something. He was holding on for dear life. Nicholas was scared. Yeah, he didn't even know to grab the grab the little rope in the corner and ask for the hot tag. Man, he was scared, man. Poor, I mean, the kid, he had a great time, but he was frightened. <laughs> and then uh, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. The laugh you let off at the end of this was like every Bond villain. So as the match gets deeper and deeper, at this point where, you know, we had our drinks, we're, we're even on the point where, like, sobriety is kicking in. It's so damn long. But you're like, okay, the match is starting. 
And then your your tweets and everything gets progressively funnier as the match goes on. So you're like, Roman's going to win this. And then the next tweet is, God damn it, look at Roman. Then the next tweet is, oh, he kicked out of an F5. Second one, oh, no, this is ridiculous. Then we get to like three and four F5s. You're like, what? no, this is this is trash. And then you let out the tweet of tweets where it says, if Brock actually beats him, LOL. As yeah. soon as Brock won, you took a lap around the kitchen laughing your ass off. A maniacal laugh. Like Vince did it. Poor Roman. I'm at that point. They got me. Poor Roman. Man. Because Roman did. deserves better. This this match, this match was so bad in the sense that, like, nobody wanted Roman to win, right? There was a few people that they've been exhausted. They're tired of Brock Lesnar. He's a part-timer. He doesn't wrestle enough, blah, blah, blah. Take the title off him. But I said it two weeks ago or a week ago. When Paul Heyman gave that interview, I was really skeptical. I was like, why are you talking up this UFC angle so much? And then Dana said it. I was like, hmm, something don't feel right about this. It's a work. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I feel like they were working us. But then even still, I was like, ah, you know, they can't, they can't not do this. They've been working on this for four goddamn years. Like, for four years, they've been working to the point where Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar get back together in the ring one-on-one, and there's a definitive winner. But then, from the reports, they say that Vince called an audible because he wasn't getting the crowd reaction he wanted. Listen, Vince, you're never going to get that reaction. No. You might get it at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Maybe. And to re-sign Lesnar and blah, blah, blah. In which Vince thinks he's going to go, you know, Roman will just be booed less in Saudi Arabia or wherever the hell they're going. Maybe. But that doesn't do much for us. And, you know, the rumors is that, you know, they signed Brock to a short-term deal to just do another match to drop for Roman to get the title somewhere else because they didn't want that to end WrestleMania. Um, Brock cutting him hard way was stupid because he gave him the Randy Orton elbows that damn near killed Randy Orton at SummerSlam a couple of years ago. Well, if you, uh, I, I don't know, like the dirt sheet stuff and all this stuff, like if the narrative is painted <clears throat> correctly, which is a huge if, and Brock Lesnar came off after the match and threw the belt at Vince and was yelling at people and shit like that, I can see how it played out and kind of why he cut Roman. Because it seemed as though Roman thought he was going over. Roman thought he was going to win until Vince called the audible right before the match. And Roman's just like, you give him a short-term deal. This is my moment. You're not going to give me my moment. And then by some reports, Roman's just like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to just make you look weak. Like, I... Roman... In a very good way, the reports say, went into business for himself. In which he said, you may beat me, but I'm going to kick out of every F5. I'm going to do all of this shit to frustrate you. And after three, you see Brock sit up and curse and they bleep it. And Brock's like, motherfucker. Because he kicked out of the third F5. And that's when Brock loses. Cuts his ass the hard way. And he's like, listen, you can't wrestle no more. Like, you're bleeding too much. It's crazy. Either you're going to stop the fight or you're going to lay your ass down and take this last F5. But Roman was like, fuck you. Like, I was supposed to win. So I'm going to just make you look horrible. I'm going to make myself look strong even when you look and when you walk away with this title. I mean, dude, nobody's going to remember this match. Like, kicking out of 5F5s, it's utterly ridiculous is what it really is. Yeah, it's just, it's, you know what? It's probably what Taker would have done back in the day. Like, if anything about Roman Reigns, he has assumed that Taker, I want to be the man on the locker room role. 
Whether, you know, he's the man with the title. Taker was never the guy with the titles all the time. He was the man in the locker room. Roman uh, is like, Brock's not doing good business. He wants to leave a one-fight deal. All this is bad for business. We are going to make him look shitty because he's bad for business. It's what Taker would have done back in the day. This is my locker room. You are a guest. Well, it hurts business overall because this match sucked. It didn't matter. It really didn't matter who won. The fans were not going to be happy. No. Nobody's going to be happy. We, we, we've been fatigued for this long. and We yeah. got this crappy match to finish it. I mean, it was really physical, but... Their first know. match was better. Yeah. I that Raw didn't save. Because just, we've seen... It was the same narrative. It was we, Roman we, can take a major ass whooping and survive long enough to maybe win, but doesn't. Yeah, but I mean, I, you know, I guess... Continuity doesn't matter because Roman, you lost to The Miz in January yeah. with one skull crushing finale. So, you know, taking 17 F5s, just, it doesn't really help anybody. When, so, <laughs> when you have Strowman losing to Brock with one and Samoa Joe losing to Brock with one. Right. Like, there's, there's eat five or six. No, this makes sense. This is where Mania, I mean, Mania completely fall off the table now. I mean, it's still one of the better WrestleManias ultimately. But uh, it, it could have been so much better, and that's what yeah. messes it up. But and this was my fear. This is why I didn't go. This was everything. I was like, I'm gonna go and be pissed off because it's too long. There's too many people, and yeah, whatever. Yeah, and in the end, it just didn't live up to the expectations. Um, it's still good. The expectations by the time it ramped up were too high, and it yeah. fell short of that. Uh, so that's mania. Which seems like it took us forever to talk about because it was a long-ass show. So we had to spend a ton of time on it. Um, They're gearing up for the greatest Royal Rumble ever, which to me feels like the real mania. Mm. I I feel like the matches here are going to be better than the matches at mania. All all that's missing is the women. Yeah, I don't know and I really honestly don't care. Rusev is not resting. I'm going to watch it. It's going to be at 9 in the morning. I'll have nothing better to do. But... uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, nine in you know, the morning. Yeah, it's at nine in the morning Pacific time. So, uh, you know, I don't even want to spend time. It's like Greatest Royal Rumble's so far away. Yeah, uh, let's talk just... about let's talk about two things real quick because we got to talk about NXT Takeover and the best match from the weekend. Um, Raw and SmackDown was was these like the two of the worst post Mania shows ever? I think so. We didn't have that huge call up for that insane pop. Uh, Lashley got a little bit of a pop, but it's still just like, oh, okay, it's Lashley. Um, yeah, there wasn't like a call-up where we were just like, wow. Well, see, I'm not even looking for the call-up because I think that's too predictable. Um, I think like call-ups, whatever, because like, like I've said a billion times before, just now, too many people got called up. Like the roster's already stacked. You got to start getting letting go of people. It's too many people. But more importantly, we didn't have a moment. Like we had... Years ago, we had Cena and Rock booking their match for Mania. Yep. We had Dolph Ziggler winning the title. We had... Shield uh, breakup, which is one of the best moments. So we've had... Like, we didn't have a moment this year. Like, we really had just a Raw and call-ups. It was very cookie-cutter. It was like it was like a rap album where you look at the track listing and go, well, make sure we get this producer right here and this <laughs> guest right here. And none of it makes sense. You just do it. Because, like, Ember Moon debuting No Way Jose? What the fuck? Um, who else they got called up? Uh, Iconic Duo the next day. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's it? I didn't care. Like, 
Watching it, I was like, oh, cool, they got called up. Like, no way, Jose, he'll he'll wash out soon. That's Adam Rose 2.0. He's, he's going to wash out very soon. Uh, lastly, being back, that, it'd be fun to see what he does. But ultimately, he's, Raw and SmackDown sucked. Nothing yeah. happened. No, I didn't feel great. And that's because, again, I feel like the the real shows that they're getting up for is this uh, shakeup, Superstar shakeup coming up. Yeah, I that, mean, like, that show will be better than the Raw After Mania. But see, that show is built, again, it's built around talent moving around. Look, if you want to give me a, a great Raw After Mania, give me a moment to remember. Give me a surprise. Like, Carmella winning the title was kind of whack. It's like, it was just like, because it's Carmella. Yeah. I wasn't, like, we kind of all expected it. Because I guess after Ziggler did it, it's really hard to get really excited about this. Like, it would have been better if, like, Rusev won a title or something like that. Give me something that really matters that we didn't get at Mania. And we didn't get that. The Daniel Bryan AJ Styles match was like 15 minutes, but like it was like LOL. You get a tease, but this really tells me that, that Daniel Bryan's moving to Raw. Yeah. I can't see him staying. Maybe he does, but for them to do like it was bottom line, it was inconsequential. We got a bunch of call ups to just muddle up the roster a lot more. Now we got more people to deal with, and it's like all right, great, fantastic. Yeah, it did nothing for me, and I was watching on Hulu, and I was still tight. Like yeah, yeah, to just fast forward everything. There's nothing really to watch. Um, ROH, what'd you think of the card as a whole? We don't have too much time to go through like the whole damn thing, but um, it was too long. Um, the Bucks and Flip Gordon against uh, Daniels and Scorpio. Yeah, it's uh, the LA people, right? Yeah, uh, SoCal and Century. There you go. Um, that was probably the best match. Might have been the best match on the card. Cody and Kenny was really good in terms of storytelling. It wasn't like the, the great phenomenal match. Um, I was kind of disappointed in Dalton Castle and Marty Skrull. It was kind of weird because it was one of those matches where they – now that, I'm, that when I watch it, I was like – midway through the match, I was like, they booked this shit in the wrong place. Because <laughs> if, you're trying, if you're trying to get Dalton Castle over, Marty Skrull's the wrong guy to do it against in front of that kind of a crowd. Yeah, because they were all for Marty. Yeah, they're going to relentlessly cheer Marty. Because I said, like, Marty can't win this title. Dalton just got it. So I figured Dalton was going to win. But then I was like, damn, it's in front of the wrong crowd. Like, this this should have not have been the, the Supercard Honor main event. This, this shouldn't have been it. Um, but aside from that, it was a good show. Uh, I'm still watching. Like, and I, it going I, before, I mean, it going after Cody and Kenny was kind of weird, too. Well, I get it because it's the title match, and you know you want to put your title match above anything else. Yeah, but even um, New Japan knew, like, hey, by the way, you know we're gonna give these guys their time. Like, it, it's well, New it's Japan weird. always closes with the title. Like the title match always closes. Yeah, yeah. Like New Japan, that's like their way. So they're like, okay, we're gonna give these guys. When it was him and Jericho, like, okay, we're gonna give them their time. It's gonna be co-main. We close with the title. Still a good title match. ROH, it's it's a whole different place. Like you're in a whole different climate. And regardless of what you think, it's still WrestleMania weekend and people are still conditioned by the WWE. Again, like I said, it felt weird booking. As I was watching, I was like, this is really strange booking because Marty just lost in New Japan and he's about to lose again. I didn't understand. Yeah. Um, Punishment Martinez versus Ishii, I thought it was too short. It was. We didn't get enough. And this was, this Ring of Honor show was a long-ass show. Yeah, but I feel like they cut that one out at the knees. Yeah, they did for time, but... You know, ultimately, ROH was built around the continuation of the, the, the Bullet Club drama. Um, and I'm fine with this. I'm fine with the Young Bucks accidentally super kicking Kenny. Um, Cody saying it was for him. We really don't know. We don't know what the swerve is yet. Now, no, they're fine. Play Bullet out. Club is fine. Yeah, <laughs> they'll keep playing that out. They'll figure this thing out. I'm fine with it. The Ring of Honor Supercar on the show, 
Um, it was good. It wasn't great. No. And then the best show of the weekend um, that I saw, NXT TakeOver. Again. Uh, yeah, NXT does it again. Yeah, they, they don't get it wrong. They really don't. Um, Ember Moon match was a little weird. I don't know where we go with Shayna Baszler as the champion. Don't like her as champ. I've said it a thousand times. I, I, I like her, but I feel like she's got more developing to do. It's weird. Certain certain talent gets rushed into the title picture, and there's so much talent on these rosters. It's like certain people you could take your time with. You could take your time with Shayna. But they yeah, didn't. it really could have. But uh, no, now she just gets chased by Mrs. Gargano, and it's on. Because you have the ultimate baby face. Only thing you have to yeah. do is create the ultimate heel. Well, she's got to wrestle first. But, um, you know. Oh, it's going to be a slow build. Nice slow hope, build. But I hope so. Like, SummerSlam, like, it's on. I feel like Shayna needs to retain the title a few times. Oh, yeah, yeah. She has to beat, Yeah, she has to win like a fatal four-way or something at the takeover for Money in the Bank. But that SummerSlam build should be good. Yeah. Um, so we have that. Oh, Authors of Pain were called upon Raw. Oh, okay. Uh, Which, yeah. you know, they dropped Ellering because he can't take the schedule. Right. But that's a good call-up. It's just, it worries me. The two guys are 24 and 25. Like, you're going to be on a main roster for 15 years? We'll see. That's eh, that's that's the easiest way to get stale. Um, all right, I guess ladder match opened the show, North American Championship, which the belt is growing on me. Uh, man, Meltzer gave it a five star rating. This this was not a five star match. I don't think it was a five star match. It was entertaining. It was good, but it for even a ladder match. I mean, we've seen better ladder matches on ROH. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, uh, this was a. It was good. Was, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It was an introductory to a lot of these guys as single stars. That's what it was to me. Outside of Adam Cole, who I think is a star already, uh, but it was an introductory as Killian Dane as you know what I'm more than just sanity. It was Lars Sullivan as I am a monster singles competitor heel that you got to pay attention to. It was Ricochet's debut. It was like, look at me, I'm flashy and shit. Velveteen Dream was like. Don't forget, I'm a star in my own right. I do weird shit. And Adam Cole is Adam Cole, baby. It was just an introductory match. So everyone gets a little bit of spots off, and the audience feels like they know them. EC3-2, yeah. who took every bump in the world. No, like I said, this was a fun match. Adam Cole won. I think it was my second pick aside from EC3. Totally fine with Adam Cole winning. Um, yeah, it just wasn't a five-star match. Good introduction to Ricochet. Uh, seems like they're going in the direction with Velveteen Dream, so that should be fun as well. Um, but yeah, it was a great. It's a hot start. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's weird because you have, I will get here in a second, a face is a champion, so it's interesting to see uh, who faces him next. But I think maybe EC3 gets rushed into the title picture. Hope not. I don't, I don't need him to be rushed anywhere. You got uh, a lot of talent. Figure well, it out. Yeah, some, somebody got to challenge the champ. Uh, and then we have Adam Cole coming back out. Undisputed Era versus Authors of Pain and Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. The match was short. Because it was only 10, 11 minutes. Cole pulled double duties. But the ending was great. Booked well. The swerve was amazing. Roderick Strong, cost Pete Dunn. And we see a new member of the Undisputed Era. Yeah, there's. I have two issues with this match. One is, it's not even really an issue. It's a, uh, Pete Dunn is a babyface. Don't like. Don't no, like it all. That has to change again, too. Yeah, he's a heel. Um, Roddy joining is cool. Uh, you know, there's some history there with uh, Mount Rushmore with uh, Adam Cole in PWG. Uh, you know, they had teased it earlier, and it, and I knew exactly when they put him in the match. When Bobby Fish was hurt, I was like, they put him in there for a reason. 
I didn't think this was particularly going to be the reason. Uh, but it works because now Bobby Fish is still on the sidelines. He can carry the ties. are still the Undisputed Era. So that all works out. Um, and, you know, authors of Pain move up. And uh, we'll see what Pete Dunne does. So it's cool. Yeah. Pete Dunne just has to find some friends. Got a crew up. Maybe yeah. Mustache Mountain comes back. Um, and they get their British Strong Style crew. Wrecking shit. Crew versus crew. Um, then we have Alistair Black, Andrade Cien Almas for the oh. title. I thought it was a good match. It was it was weird. I got to watch it again because I feel like I underrated the match. I don't know. It was good. It wasn't it was good, but it wasn't great. Right. Like it was it was a really good match because I mean, the first one, and I really liked the first. one. Yeah, it was a, it wasn't uh, CN versus uh, Gargano levels of great, which no. is arguably one of the, the best match this year. But it was good. I, I still will say that the wrong guy won. Because um, I really like CN with the, the title, and I, I wanted him to hold it for a long time. But I'm not mad at Alistair being the champion at all. Um, I just really like Andrade Cien Almas as a heel guy carrying this title. But uh, but it was a cool match. I just it, it didn't reach another level, but not not in a bad way. It yeah. didn't. It you know it did what it needed to do, especially to set up the main event. Yeah, and I, I thought it was good. They got enough time. Thought that was really really good. They worked. They used the time that they had. Um, Zelina Vega trying to interfere and then finally costing him the match. That's good storytelling, you know, and it's good when you have a heel with a valet who cheats all the time. Um, interesting to see when he gets called up to the main roster, what they do with him when he's up there, uh, not to just automatically typecast him in the, uh, evil foreigner role, but I think he has to be thrust into the United States title picture. And I think, you know, the, the Spanish-speaking asshole with the valet guy chasing the United States title, winning the United States title is the perfect way to start him out uh, in, in the first couple months of his build. So as long as it's not against Randy Orton, I'm okay. You need to get that shit back on Rude or someone else who can carry it to make that a good feud. Yeah, I have nothing to say. I, like, CN seems like he'll get a rematch before he goes up to uh, the main roster. There's just no. To me, there's no place for him. Oh, to me, that's great. Then just carry on their feud. Yeah, I like I when like they do the rematches. It works for Joe. Yeah, they should do a rematch rather than calling him up because, dude, there's no room for him right now. Yeah, there's nowhere for him to go. But anyway, no, that's cool. Yeah, I'm, even better idea. I didn't even think about that. We thought the same thing about Samoa Joe, and it was like, oh, he's ready. He lost the belt, and then he came back the next pay per view, and you're like, what? He's still yeah. chasing? Like, yeah, fuck it. He's still chasing. Why not? Um, and then we have Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. Almost the 40 best, minutes. Dog, the best heel in the company right now. Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. And this is like... like this Kevin shit felt like a fight, by the way. Yeah, this... I mean, again, I've said it before. i said it a thousand times. This feud fell into their laps when Ciampa got injured because it allowed them to drag this thing out for so long... That when you finally got it, oh man, they delivered. It also like, helps that he came back looking like Super Shredder. Yeah, I mean, dude, I don't know what what he's doing with his shoulders, but goddamn, found the um, Yeah, but but Gargano's become this mega babyface. There's a I watch an NXT this week. There's a shot, and I don't remember seeing it on the show where Ciampa enters the ring, and there's a sea of Johnny Gargano signs in the crowd, and he just holds his hands up and his, his back's to the camera. 
I don't remember seeing it in the show, but I was like, holy shit. Like, that was like the shot of the weekend to me. It looks, it was, it personified everything that was going on. Ciampa didn't need to do much to set off this feud. He was just being a dick. And Gargano <laughs> just being the ultimate baby face. And they had, they were a tag team that broke up. Everything was done right. And then this match happened. And I was like, they, they, they nailed it. They yeah. nailed it. This, this, what I would say is, I know Meltzer gave it a five-star match, but this was more of a five-star match than the latter match was. This was a five-star story. Like, the, like the power bomb on the concrete <laughs> was like, dude, this this match. It, it was a long match, but didn't nobody cared. This no. is what Nakamura and Styles should have been. Like yeah. in terms of time, like give me time to develop. Exactly, because this, was this wasn't fast-paced. No, it was just hard hitting. It was like, damn, like they're gonna beat each other silly, and someone has to win this match. At the end, you just like someone just has to survive, yeah. and then you get the finish with the with the knee brace over the face. You get the I Johnny mean, Gargano like where he just goes and he just doesn't care anymore. Like the good guy shits out the window. He just wanted to fucking break him in half. Great. But finish. even before that, the whole you know the holding the crutch over him and, and Champa looking like he's trying to be like no no don't hit me and like the the pause and then Champa one last ditch effort to hit him with it and Gargano just he, he wraps his ass up like this this was beautifully done storytelling gargano is in he's on pace to be either the wrestler of the year or the runner up between him and like will osprey the matches that they've had this year and zach saber jr these guys are the best right now doing it at this particular time yeah i mean they're having one hell of a year you know the the upper echelon is still up there like they're it's not knocking they're not knocking off the top three like right like we know who the best in the world is right now. I'm, I'm just talking about this particular year. This in, yeah, this the year they're, they're running. They're those three are in the running for, uh, you know, superstar of the year. Yeah, like between Osprey and what he's accomplished, um, Saber and what he did in the Which New Japan Cup. It's only going to grow. Yeah, like and, and, once uh, he gets into G1. Yeah. And then Gargano, I mean, he has two five-star matches this year. And if these aren't five-star, just Meltzer. These are matches that people are like, yo, finally, Johnny Wrestling is doing his thing. Yeah. So that's pro wrestling. No, so that was great. That was pro wrestling for the weekend. It only took us an hour and a half to get through all of it. Um, man, I can't wait to see what's coming up. I feel like I'm on like a little bit of pro wrestling fatigue, though. Like, that shit just wore me out. And, you know, Raw and SmackDown not being great didn't help. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm I'm okay with not watching wrestling until Monday. I'm fine. Um, other things that happened. UFC 223 happened. You know what? I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. No, we don't too quick. And I mean, we don't have to spend too much time on UFC 223 or boxing. It's... Well, well, the point is, there's so much to talk about with Connor. Um, I think we can save it for next week because there's not a lot going on except for Adrian Broner and Jesse Vargas next week to really talk about. Um, so <laughs> about billions. We, yeah. He deserves his own show, Dre. All, but, all Broner all the time. But we will talk about McMania at Barclays. Conor McGregor just clearly tried to steal the show by destroying everything. In hindsight, now it's like, it feels like time has passed. Conor's throwing a dolly. He's got three fights taken off a card single-handedly. Um, and then UFC 223 sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It sucked for other reasons than just the dolly. Well, the like the weight was, issues and then four different opponents for Khabib. Like, come on. Like, the, the, big, the biggest issue, that they, the easiest way they could have fixed this, and I said this from the fucking beginning, elevate Rose and Yoanna because it was the best match on the card. Elevate that to the main event and say, fuck it. People are like, yo, Khabib needs to fight for the title. Yo, Khabib has been what Conor McGregor coined as the pullout merchant. People forget. 
that how quickly Khabib, they forget. Yeah, they people forgot that Khabib has fucked up cards too. So why are you rewarding him with a title when you know it's not Tony's fault he got hurt and, no. and Tony Tony had to pull out it. He couldn't be in that match when Khabib got like the day of. They couldn't find a replacement for Tony. Yeah, no, they were asked out. So a, he's a habitual puller outer. Yeah, so what Khabib is. So the point is, is that Rose and Joanna should have been elevated to main event. People would have got over the shit because that fight should have been promoted as just as much because it's a great fight. More importantly, and I know some people were like, hindsight is twenty twenty. You can say that now. Look, here's the domino effect. You pull Khabib from this card because Tony's hurt, right? You can't find a replacement in six days. You, you really shouldn't do a replacement for a title on six days. No, it's a disputed title. Correct. Khabib's not there. Khabib doesn't get into it. Artem Lobov. Connor doesn't come in there and destroy everything. You still have your card intact. Like yeah. all, all and you, you just let Rose and Joanna headline. Right. So, and people say, well, you could say that. No, no, I said that last week. I said Rose and Joanna should have been headlining last week. As soon as Ferguson pulled out, I was like, I don't know why you're doing this. Six days for the Holloway fight wasn't enough. Wasn't fair to Max. Because even if it could be one, you'd be like, yo, he just beat up a featherweight on, on six days' notice. Didn't matter. So none of this matter. Could be one, it's like, Okay, fine. Like he beat Ally. He still Akinta. hasn't. Still hasn't lost a round. No, it was like okay, he beat Ally Kenta. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like all right, that's cool. Yeah, it's not the test we wanted to see. No, it wasn't. So, it wasn't. Still a lot of questions with Khabib. Um, like we said, it's been a pullout merging. He gets hurt a lot, and then there's large periods of time, you know, during the year where he can't fight due to his religion. So it adds up to. A uh, world of hurt if he gets, you know, knocked out in training at AKA, which happens a ton. So yeah. it, it's it's not the best situation to be in if you're Dana White, but he just rolled with the momentum. And once again, all this shit is just create a foil for Conor McGregor. And we'll talk more about that next week. But I I see no negative effects long term from this for Conor. No, I just I mean, like I said, we we will talk about this next week. I just feel like. This particular incident, I know Dana's cooled off now. I know people have cooled off. But you can't let Conor get away with this guy free. Because he's just going to fuck you in the end again. Yeah, it's I mean, guaranteed to happen. You have to punish him somehow. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you this start, is it. Look, look, I'm telling you. Look at Mike Tyson. Like, look, look, like Conor McGregor is going to head down that path very soon. Yeah. Because if you don't prove to him that he needs you more than you need him... Because, yes, you have been running a lemon, but that's your own fucking fault. Like, you've been operating this lemon for, for over a year now since the company's been bought. But the, the issue is, is if you keep allowing Conor to do what Conor wants, you can't put him in a position where he has to fight. Like, now, if you suspend him for a year, people are going to want to see him fight. It's not going to change. You suspend him. Dude, look, you suspend him for a year and you say, when you come back, you get a title shot. And people would be like, that's fucked up. But that's kind of what happens. That's what you did with John Jones. You can't really do it any other way. But if it's Khabib, people know. People are going to buy it just like they bought Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather. They're going to wait for it. Yeah. But you've but you got to let this man bleed out. He's got all. He's going to have to deal with all these pending lawsuits and everything else. He can't come back when he's ready to come back. He comes back when you tell him to come back. No, I think, once again, he's more powerful than them. So they can act like he's not. But no, 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 no. The UFC is more powerful than Conor McGregor. Oh. Because if, if, if the UFC chooses to say, you're fired, yeah. what is Conor going to do? Um, go fight somewhere exactly. else or fight but for he's himself. Never, he's not going to make the money he's going to make in the UFC. So as, the, as a company, you have to put down your foot and say, Conor, you can't just do whatever you want. Like you ruined the card. You injured people. You're costing us money. 
lawsuit yeah. money. So you have to put him on the bench. You just have to bench him. Like, he can come back. He's going to have to come back. Kind of can't do shit else. He's a fighter. Yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, he's a fighter. Like, you can do as many commercials and stupid shit as you want, but that's not what you do. Yeah, so the Khabib fight will be there. If it's not Khabib, it's, it's Tony. If it's not Tony, it's Nate. If it's not Nate, it's GSP. It's going to be somebody that kind is going to fight. But it's just this year, you got to sit that man on the bench. Because he, he ruined you last year. He took that Floyd fight and was like, yeah, I'm going to come back before the end of the year. Didn't come back. It's, it's April. He hasn't even, you know, really talked about coming back. He's fucking you right now. You're not fucking him. You got to fuck that guy. <laughs> That's the oddest ending to a statement. I've heard it a very long time. I know, right? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you, you, just, you, you can't let, the, like, the inmates running the asylum thing, this is no truer statement than it is here because he's actually damaging your company. Before, I said it wasn't a problem. Like, like he fought the Floyd fight. He did everything you wanted him to do. But once he injures your fighters and gets them pulled off, pulled off a card because of a random act of fuckery, yeah. which is exactly what that was, McMania, like, you have to tell him, like, y'all, you got to be disciplined because he's just going to do it again. Yeah, he found nothing wrong with what he did. No. So anyway. that, that's the whole next level of a problem. Um, this weekend we have UFC on Fox from Arizona. Uh, decent card, you know, looking at it. Um, main event. Yeah, main. You said just good main event? No, no, no. This is a solid card. Uh, yeah, uh, Israel's fighting on the card. You got Carlos Condit against uh, Kyle Oliver. Which, you know, kind of takes some luster off because we thought we were getting Condit versus... Uh, Matt Brown. Matt Brown. Yeah. Which was, you know, just death and blood everywhere. But this still should still be good. Carlos uh, trying to just, you know, be middling, just fight to fight, you know, in between shifts at the coffee house. And then Israel, to me, I'm glad he's on the main card. Free TV. This kid has it. We'll just see if he continues to put it together in the octagon. And they're not rushing him. So it's just a bunch of highlight reels you know, stuff for him now, which is, which is great. Hopefully he doesn't run into a buzzsaw and get caught like so many of the other prospects. Yeah. Uh, but this is great, great for him. Uh, main event, who do you got, Poirier or Gaethje? I got Gaethje. Um, Gaethje's actually the underdog in this fight. And, you know, I kind of get it for some people. They go, well, he just got knocked out of Eddie Alvarez. He can't keep fighting like that. That's true. You However, think after like eight years of this. Yeah. <laughs> my issue with Dustin Poirier is he's, been knocked out by both Conor McGregor and Michael Johnson in recent years. Conor McGregor was quick. Uh, Michael Johnson was a surprise. But it it tells me one thing is I'm not necessarily sure that Gaethje, I mean that uh, Poirier can deal with Gaethje's pressure. Because when so. Eddie Alvarez ramped up the pressure in their fight, it became a different fight. Yeah. And, and Eddie, not too many people can deal with pressure, which is crazy because he got knocked out so easily by Conor McGregor. But like Eddie Alvarez, like Eddie Alvarez is a great pressure fighter. Um, but Gaethje's a different level of pressure fighter, and Poirier can't deal with that pressure. It's a five fucking round fight. I would have loved, loved for Gaethje to take the Khabib fight short notice. Off of a loss and everything. Loved it. Because the style yeah, matchup, that would have showed us everything we needed. It would have been interesting. But, uh, but I'm picking Gaethje. Um, it doesn't go the distance. I, I see no way in hell <laughs> no, this, no. those five rounds. No, this is like going 25 minutes. Um, yeah, I'm picking Gaethje too. I think he gets another highlight finish. Uh, it's finish or be finished. Yeah. This shit goes to the judges. He's taking it as an L. But it's going to be entertaining. This is a card. This is a fight made for Fox. Because yeah. even the casuals will see this shit and be like, damn. Like They'll just stop and freeze and tune in and make sure they're watching it. So that's really good. Um, 
Nothing huge in boxing. Like you mentioned, uh, the fight's coming up. We went to Lara versus Hurd. Which was great. Great um, fight. I, the great card in general from the Angulo fight on. I feel sorry for people on the East Coast because the main event, I don't think, started to like 1245 or something like that. Yeah. It started crazy late. But if you haven't watched it in brief, Arisandi Lara versus Jared Hurd was, you know, it was like the changing of the guard because Lara has been the guy who nobody wants to fight because of his style. You can't really force him out of his shell, but Jared Hurd brought that business to him. And, and it Lara was still, opened up. Lara was, was about that life. Well, he had to be because Jared wouldn't go away. And that's what I'm talking about, pressure bust pipes. And Jared did what he had to do. He barely won. He squeaked out the victory. I had him winning, I think, um, seven rounds of five, I believe. Yeah, I think I had but, him up too, but all the judges had him down or even. Yeah, until the last round when he scored the knockdown with 30 seconds left. I mean, he would have lost. He would have lost. If he didn't get that knockdown. Yeah, he would have lost. Um, I, I guess there's a mad people would hit me because I guess my face is on the screen when he knocks him down. And like I was like, holy shit. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, heard the 154-pound division is so much fun right now. And this is what it needed. Uh, you need a new guy that's near the top there. Because now a, a Charlo versus Heard fight is incredible. No, that's great. Um, Charlo fights next weekend. Yes, on Charlo the Broner card, which is a good card because you got Javante Davis, you got Charlo, you have uh, Broner. There's some good fights on that card. Yeah, um, so that's, I mean, aside from that, the only other thing about boxing is that Golovkin still doesn't have an opponent. The, the, the front runner now is Vanis Martirosian, which is absolutely ridiculous. That fight's over with. Like, they moved um, everything to StubHub, like, come on. Yeah, well, the, just... the idea, like, they're trying to get Vanis uh, approved to fight Golovkin. Um, Vanis Monterosian is a good fighter. He fought, he hasn't fought anything above 154. He lost Arisandi Lara two years ago and hasn't fought since. So that's why I don't care to see this fight. But it's, Golovkin is in a tough spot. If I'm Gennady Golovkin and his team at this juncture, I just don't fight on May 5th. Fuck it. Yeah. He just needs the paycheck. Like, they just want, like, whatever little paycheck. Because they put a lot of money into this. I mean, it's a camp. More importantly, you got to stay sharp. You're 36 years old. You don't want to sit on the bench because then, because the, the bigger problem with this, and nobody's really talked about it, maybe I'll write something about it, is that you can't. You got to book this fight before you know how long Canelo's going to be suspended. It's like so. That's what sucks. If you knew Canelo was going to be out for a year, you go, oh, okay, fine. We fight whoever this month, and we look towards September or J- June or July. We go after Billy Joe Saunders. Mm-hmm. Maybe we try to find a, a way to fight in December. Then we look at Canelo in May. Yeah, you get to plan yeah. out your year, but now you're kind yeah. of stuck. Because if Canelo comes back and it's a six month suspension, then you got to turn right around for Independence Day, which means probably you're not going to fight until the Canelo fight. So yeah. it's like it's a stay busy fight, and the people, you know, they want him to fight Bubu Andrade. They want him to fight. Um, there's other guys. There's there's nobody he could fight that's of a real benefit. It's either a tough fight that could get him exposed, which it probably won't, but it's too tough for the money, and or it's a fight against a bum that nobody really wants to see. Yeah, Saunders is the only benefit because there's a belt there. Yeah, and he's to tie up the last belt, and Saunders yeah. is not not about to take that risk yet. Nope. So yeah, that's Triple G. Um, that's pretty much our show, except for Mayweather going on air during the herd boxing match. And say if he comes back, his only fight will be in the octagon. Dre, do you do you see it? Do you do you see the stars aligning? No. Are you ready don't. to say that it's gonna happen? No. Um I, no. I felt like I thought I saw you give it like a three percent chance now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's still nothing. I mean, after counter <laughs> fight got made, I can't put anything past Mayweather. Like I said, if they give that man half a billion dollars, yeah, he'd probably fight in the octagon. 
So I can't say it absolutely won't happen, but um, I just I don't I don't see this thing happening. I, Specialty I, those, rules, Drace. No takedowns. Yeah, that's not a, that's not an MMA fight. So what's the hell's the point? Like that's how I see it. Like if you if you do something like whatever that bullshit report was, it was like oh they're gonna do it with no takedowns, no kicks. It's not an MMA fight. It's boxing barefoot. Like what the <laughs> we just saw this. Yeah. So so if if you're Floyd, yeah, of course you're gonna show up and you're gonna tell people the only way you're gonna fight is MMA. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say this. Of course I'm gonna jump off the roof if, if you give me a billion dollars. There's a, there's a chance I'll jump off the roof. You just gotta give me a billion dollars to do it. That's all Connor is saying. So it's ridiculous. <laughs> I I just like like pushing you. Be like, hey, look, it's a step closer. It's a step closer. Because if the shit happens, you'll be like, yo, I give up. Like, this, the sports make no sense. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, we'll see what happens there. That's our show this week. It was a ton of wrestling. Thank you guys for listening. Next week, we get to, you know, a little bit more broader topics. Back to our normal style shows. A little bit of everything next week. A little less wrestling-centric. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at the Corner LSN. Me, at Kel Dansby. Him, at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Damn, I think we covered everything. So for this week, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.